Imagine if your CFO came storming into your office, waving the most recent campaign report, telling you that the numbers just aren't right. Or even worse, if your board chair calls concerned about the same problem. Well, in today's podcast, we're going to give you some eye-popping clarity about building a healthy relationship between development and, yes, finance. Welcome to All About Capital Campaigns, a podcast that provides fuel for your nonprofit's growth. Each week, Andrea Kilstead and Amy Eisenstein, co-founders of the Capital Campaign Toolkit, provide practical tips about raising more money for your nonprofit organization. Here are your hosts, Amy and Andrea. Hi there. I'm Andrea Kilstead, your host for this episode. And I'm here with my favorite numbers guy, Kent Stroman. Hi, Kent. Good morning, Andrea. Thanks for inviting me into the room. Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Kent is a senior advisor for the Capital Campaign Toolkit, but when his guard is down, he'll admit to having been an accountant. So he understands finances and numbers. He also understands development. Add to that Kent's remarkable ability to make complicated topics seem simple. And we've got the perfect guest for today's topic. Now, Kent, let's just start out with the basics here. Why do development and finance have such a darn hard time getting along? You know, it's funny, as you described, gave that opening scenario, um, it was just all too real to me. And actually having been <laughs> on both sides of that equation. Uh, but, you know, why do we have a hard time understanding each other? One of the things is language. And if you think about it, there's some very specific language that goes with the fundraising side of the house. And in our realm, it's familiar. Um, it's, quote, everybody understands, right? And same thing is true in the accounting field, accounting and finance. You know, you've got um, this, this thing is called GAAP, G-A-A-P, Generally Accepted Accounting Principles. Well, it's generally accepted in the accounting field, and it's a total foreign language <laughs> everywhere else, right? right? So I think language is a problem. Um, another is that there tends to be a, a focus in the finance office, focus more on expense, and our solution is controlling expenses. And yet on in fundraising, where's our focus? It's on revenue. And our magic is increasing revenue, right? And so, I mean, those are, they are the same coin, but they're, they're the opposite sides. Um, and another thing uh, I didn't realize originally is that in the finance office, there really is a kind of a built-in focus on transactions. And in fundraising, if we're going to be our most effective, it's not about transactions, it's about relationships. And so, and then the last thing that came to my mind when you asked that question is there are, uh, there really are two kinds of budgets. So we have the operational year in year out budget. And so many times in a major fundraising campaign, especially a capital campaign, uh, we're reaching way past the operating budget and bridging operations and the capital budget. So it's like everything is different. And so it's easy to uh, either misunderstand or actually become engaged in conflict. Right. Yeah. I, you know, it's also interesting, Kent, that I'm not sure that the finance guy and the development guy or gal or the finance guy or gal actually spend much time together, that they probably are in separate offices and they probably really don't have many opportunities to come together to talk about what they do, why they do it, how it works. Is, is that your experience? Yeah, I think that's fair. And so, um, you know, you mentioned my background. I, I refer to myself as a recovering accountant, uh, former <laughs> CPA. 
And my background before consulting was in higher education. And yes, the finance and development office came together in the president's cabinet, um, but it was it was probably not for the purpose of understanding each other's world as much as kind of giving overall organizational leadership. And so, you know, when you say um, it's it's foreign territory, I think you're spot on. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I know for myself, I'm not a numbers person. I pride myself on not being a numbers person, actually. <laughs> and, you know, when somebody shows me a budget or a spreadsheet or, you know, I tend to kind of shrink back from them. But when somebody shows me a campaign report saying how much money has been pledged and, you know, sort of above the line and below the line and whether how much of it is, you know, has been pledged in, in, uh, in you know, bequests, for example, or bequest intentions, all these things that are somewhat foggy, right, or soft around the edges, I can only imagine that it would make a finance person sort of throw up their hands in despair when I'm counting all these, what to them look like wafty numbers. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, you know, that's back to the whole thing about language. Counting rules are fairly well described and rigid in the accounting world. And you can't just decide to change the definition Right. Uh, well, one of the things that in in fundraising, especially in campaigns, one of the things we really lead with is our gift credit policies. And so for purposes of our fundraising goal, what counts and what doesn't count. And um, again, we get to make up our own definitions, hopefully not in a vacuum. Right. But actually, I think that's a great opportunity to bring the finance director and the fundraising director together around these uh, policies that we're going to use for us for here, for now, for this campaign, and then use some real scenarios. And uh, that's one of those ways where I think we get in the same uh, on the same page by developing some common ground. Right, right. And then, of course, it, it gets sticky when the finance people have to, you know, do an audit or something like that, right? Have to go through an audit, have to say, well, what are we going to count? And if we have an audited report that goes to the board, the numbers are going to look quite different from the numbers that the campaign director is reporting on. So how do we how do we handle that? What do, what does what do we say to the board chair when they say, ah, the finance people say we've raised a million two and you say we've raised three point four. Where's the discrepancy here? Yeah, I, I, again, that's such a great question. And one of the things that I never like to see, and that is internal conflict in front of the board, right? And I'm not suggesting that we need to hide it. But, um, you know, if I'm if I'm the uh, vice president for development going into a board meeting, I want to go in unified with the CFO so that um, we, we can say something like this. In today's reports, we'll be reporting um, numbers from two different perspectives. And these numbers are reconciled internally, even though in the finance report, you're going to see one number because it's one set of definitions. In the fundraising report, you're going to see a different number that's a result of of different definitions. If there's any question about the reconciliation between those two, we're happy to sit down with you together and resolve that. And when it comes to the audit report, again, that's very well specified um, in terms of, of what goes into that, what counts and how it counts. Ultimately, there is no difference that won't ultimately be reconciled, but two things that are primarily different. One is timing, and that is there are some ways in our fundraising report that we're including gift expectations. We, it may be called a pledge or a letter of intent, uh, but that's something that has not yet been received. 
Okay. So we're counting that for fundraising purposes, but on the financial side, unless it is a legally enforceable contract, it's not going to show up on the, on the financial statement. Those are different and it's okay. The other thing, which is, is really a big difference is in the finance world, we always are working on this 12 month, a very rigid 12 months of our fiscal year. There's rarely a campaign that's confined within one fiscal year, right? And so it may involve two, three, four, even five, who knows, longer fiscal periods. And so it's not just a 12-month framework. When we uh, show up together unified, we acknowledge the differences. We acknowledge that the fact that they're different doesn't make it one greater than or less than the other. And when we make ourselves available to uh, to connect the dots that may seem disconnected or, or may seem missing, uh, it, it gives an opportunity to turn confusion really into confidence. Yeah, that's so interesting, uh, Kent. And it really, as you describe it, it, it does help for me clarify where the issues come from. I'd like to, to talk a little about when in a campaign planning process you might want to start a conversation between development and finance or between the development, the board chair and finance, or who should be involved in that conversation to get the kind of communication and coordination going, or at least understanding. And when would you think to do that in a campaign? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think that's a, there's a lot of insight in your questionnaire. And I always say the earlier, the better. The capital campaign, even though we're talking about the raising of money, There's a lot of spending of money that goes with that, right? And so I think from the very beginning, if we talk about um, what the what the plans and purposes are, what the designs, I mean, uh, cost projections and so forth inevitably are going to come from the finance office. Uh, the spending of money, whether it's for the uh, the consulting, whether it's for the um, collateral materials, the design, the architecture, all that, it's going to have immediate impact. And finance office always wants to know, well, you know, when are we going to get some money to cover this? Right. Very important question. So again, I think the earlier that we can sit down together and and um, actually, one of the the um, the thoughts that I had is I think anytime we can sit down with each other and with sincerity ask this question, how can I serve you? It dramatically changes the the uh, fabric of that relationship. And so, mm-hmm. as we go into a campaign, um, and we recognize our our differences, we recognize what we're unified around, and that's the mission, right? We're both there to serve the mission. But then we say, you know, how can I and and my office, how can we serve you in this other role, in this other office, so that together we can accomplish greater things than ever on behalf of the organization? Right, right. That's such a wonderful frame of mind, the how can I serve you frame of mind, right? Instead of saying, Kent, those numbers don't match up with my numbers, right? You're trying to say, Kent, how can I... How can I help you in your role as chief financial officer? How can I help you understand what we're doing? And how can you help me so that you validate my numbers within the context of the campaign? Right. What can we do to create, you know, communication so that so that we work well together in this? You know, it strikes me that that most boards have both development committees and finance committees. And it might be interesting also to get the heads of those committees together so that they, too, understand, the board members mm-hmm. understand where the rubs are likely to happen or where the where numbers might feel disconnected, but aren't really. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, perhaps in the and once once a campaign maybe gets through a, a, a the feasibility study and is ready actually to move into campaign mode, that might that be a good time to start pulling these people together? Yes. 
And uh, the idea of a, of a brief joint meeting between the finance and development committees of the board, great opportunity just to, to, to get a glimpse inside each other's world. Right. You know, it's so interesting how so easy to have things fall apart. And it takes yes. such thought to get things to work together. It's not difficult. It just takes an awareness and a willingness, as you say, to ask the other party what you can do to help make their lives and their work be mm. smoother. Right. I, I, that's just so, so mm. powerfully important. I mean, I can think of several areas of conflict in my work and life that if I only thought of that, it would it would help a whole lot, right? How can I serve you? How can I help make this better? Right? Yeah. <laughs> would set change the tone for for moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> As we visit today, Andre, it, it reminds me of my first formal foray into fundraising, and it was uh, prompted not by uh, strategy, but despair. <laughs> so the university was in a um, uh, they they were in the wrap up phase of a major campaign. And they were so desperate that they were looking for volunteers who would go out and, and make donor calls. And there was a part of the country that was familiar to me, and I was willing to do it. So I would not knowing really what I was doing, I raised my hand, right? And so as chief fiscal officer, I got sent on a, uh, on a fundraising circuit. Well, um, what that did was it placed me in that other world. And all of a sudden, in, t- in real time, with real people, with real questions, real concerns, real ambitions, um, I got to hear that. Um, it, and it's just like a donor call. So that was another thing I was thinking about is look for an appropriate way as, a, as the uh, development officer, look for an appropriate way to handpick the CFO to go on a donor call. Oh, how interesting. And, and you know, they may never want to do it a second time. You may not want them to do it a second time. <laughs> But there's just something about that firsthand experience. I just think there's no substitute for it. Right. Yeah, that's a really interesting idea that we get to understand one another's worlds a little if we step into them for a moment and are invited to to participate in that way. I mean, there's nothing like talking to a donor who says, well, I'd really like to make a big gift, but I can't make it in one year. I'll have to spread it out over time. Is that okay? Well, the chief financial officer is thinking, Hmm, how do I make, you know, this isn't going to work. <laughs> exactly. So, no, I think that's a really, that's a really fascinating idea. Kent, uh, this has been illuminating as I knew it would be. I, I wonder, um, for those of us who like things to be simple and clear, and you know, you know, that's where my brain goes. If you were to pick out three really simple things someone might do, a development director heading into a campaign might do to pave the way for a better relationship with finance, what would you suggest? Okay. Yeah. uh, Good question. And the first thing that comes to my mind, I think really is just to reframe the whole interaction and replace competition with cooperation. We're both there for a purpose. It's advancing the mission of the organization and it's not a win lose thing, you know, between these two, uh, these two offices. So how can we, collaborate together versus how, how do we compete? So that's one. The other one, and I mean, this is is simple and it's, and it's probably kind of universal, but that's to consider the alternative. So, you know, we can work together and present a unified voice, a unified face. And it's easy for us to say, well, it's too hard. It's too complicated. I'll have to compromise whatever I say. Okay, well, consider the, the alternative. Do we really want to sow 
confusion and discontent. So I think a lot of times if we just consider what happens if we don't collaborate, what happens if we don't cooperate, that can be helpful. And then the third thing uh, that, that occurs to me, and that's to um, to use we language. What are we seeking to accomplish? How can we better serve the mission? Um, what common ground can we lead from? And so if we can use we instead of you and me, you know, when I, that that's kind of like when it's you and me, it, it tends to be kind of a pointing of fingers, right. but right. when it's we, it's an open hand, it's an invitation. Yes. So anyhow, those are some things which I think serve us well, both preparing for a campaign, in the midst of a campaign, following a campaign, and in life in general. Life in general. Boy, is that ever, is that ever wonderful advice, Kent. Um, thank you so much. I so appreciate your sharing your wisdom with me today and with you who are listening to this podcast. Maybe you're driving in your car, sort of railing at your chief finance officer, and maybe we've calmed you down and said, listen, you're, you're all on the same team here. You know, I, I'd like to, to just end with my thought that chances are the chief financial officer, when they see a campaign going, coming down the road, is not going to say, hey, we better get together to talk about this because we're going to have problems. That's not likely to be where this conversation is going to begin. It has to begin, I think, in development because development is likely to understand and see the problems that are going to come about. So don't wait for your chief financial officer to come running into your office, waving, <laughs> waving the figures <laughs> that don't add up, right? That don't match, right? Instead, reach out to them to finance people early and say, let's have a conversation. Let's be sure that we are on the same page. How can I help you understand what we're going to do? How can you help me do things in a way that both works for the campaign and will work for development? And if you, the development person, take charge of that, I think you can get ahead of the problem before it begins. And if you don't, I promise you there is going to be a problem. <laughs> so- Kent, it's always a pleasure to do things with you. I thank you. I hope you will join us again. Oh, you're welcome, Andrea, and I'd love to. Thanks for being with us today. My partner, Amy, and I look forward to being together again and bringing you another rousing episode of All About Capital Campaigns. Don't forget that if your organization is considering a capital campaign, we'd love to hear from you. Simply go to capitalcampaigntoolkit.com and sign up for a free strategy session to tell us about your plans. We'd be eager to hear from you. Thanks for joining Amy and Andrea for today's All About Capital Campaigns. To learn more about them and their work together, go to CapitalCampaignToolkit.com. You can hear more from Amy and Andrea on a live webinar they host every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. You can join the live sessions and get your questions answered by signing up today at ToolkitTalks.com. And please like, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you. Thank you.